Hi there, and welcome back to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle, and every Monday I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. As you may remember, this show is supported by Agora Pulse. Now, the reason for that is you know and I know how hard it is to juggle all the things in your business, the accounts, the meetings, the never-ending inbox. And that's why I teamed up with Agora Pulse to give you more than five hours back a week when it comes to managing your social media. No complicated Excel docs, long emails, or millions of open tabs. Simply manage all your social media accounts in one place. If you would like two months for free, just head to amplifyme.agency forward slash Agora Pulse and you will get two months for free on me. Now, all you have to do is figure out how to get your time back. Now, what you do matters, and if it matters to you, then it almost certainly matters to other people. If you can reach those people and help them affect what matters to them, then you can build a movement. Building a movement doesn't happen by itself, and this week my guest is Dwayne Zingali. Dwayne's mission is to help movement makers market their movement. So if building a movement appeals to you, then sit back and grab a pen. Let's meet Dwayne. Dwayne Zingali, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to speak to you. We've had a little bit of a conversation a few weeks ago. And since that conversation, for the podcast, I've made very few notes because what you do and what I'm into is so well in alignment. I know we're going to have an easy time talking. So Dwayne, for those people who don't know you, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are and what you do? Yeah. Hey, thanks so much. I am super thrilled to be here, Bob. I definitely, yeah, that conversation had an amazing resonance. I am, uh, first and foremost, I'm a family man. So I like to believe I'm living in a Lego fairy tale. And I built two things, a lot of Legos with my girls, including (laughs) my wife. And I build internet marketing strategy, which, you know, in our world, we often call funnels, but I, I love playing with all the tech pieces, putting it all together to make campaigns really resonate with who's receiving them. And particularly who I do that for is people who have a movement uh, and really believe they're they're leading a movement and they happen to be using the channel of digital marketing to communicate that message and channel them through the purchase to multiply that movement. I think there are people who have businesses, there are people who hustle, there are people who are selling, there are people who are business owners. What I loved about the way you express what you do is you help people market their movement. And that's really such an interesting thing, an interesting quality and value statement that there are people who are trying to build a movement because they're trying to move people. They're, they're in the transformation game. And for me, that's really, really compelling. Funnels and sort of the methods of transmitting value from one place to another, they're fascinating. And I think I speak to a lot of people who talk about funnels and they all, they all shine lights on different aspects of it. I guess one place I'd really like to go with you is funnels for ordinary people, people who are trying to build a movement because movements don't happen overnight. They have to start with an ember. You have to fan the flames. And you work with lots of people at every stage of sort of building this bonfire. So I guess that's somewhere I would like to go with you. But I guess before we go there, how did you come to be doing what you're doing? Sure. So so in my past life, before even knowing digital marketing and online marketing was really a thing, uh, I was in the leadership development space for 10 years, traveling China, India, 
And uh, we called ourselves as a large organization, a family movement. And so in that, that space, uh, having a family and traveling to China didn't didn't fit well together anymore. I, I didn't want to take my newborns overseas. My wife was done traveling and, and due to sickness, I was kind of done traveling too. So we kind of took a pivot uh, for multiple reasons and found myself kind of wondering, what do I do? Right? What, who am I outside of this space? And stumbled into digital marketing through meeting somebody who had an e-commerce store that was doing well and had a membership site that was meant to complement that. But the membership site had zero people and just kind of by sitting down with him and just planning it out and taking what I'd learned from leadership development and then taking what I was learning from reading books like Launch by Jeff Walker, I, I found kind of a new passion. And so we grabbed what he had. I said, hey, let's take your ideas. I've taken this copywriting course by Ray Edwards. I've taken this branding course by Mike Kim. I was kind of already discovering the passion um, just because I had to raise a lot of funds in the nonprofit world and then applying that. And we did a, a launch for his membership to his e-commerce list. So he had plenty of buyers. So it was kind of the perfect scenario to get into marketing. And uh, overnight, you know, did, did a one month launch, had 300 members, uh, had a nice new MRR and spent two years growing that and just learning digital marketing. Oh, this is a launch. Oh, this is an ask funnel, right? All these methods and pieces. Uh, and it just began going down the funnel path, kind of got into Russell Brunson's material and automation was cool. I just, I absolutely love tech. I love tech so you don't have to. Uh, I'll play with every nook and cranny that the internet has to offer when it comes to automating. And so I automated his administration. I automated his emails. I automated this and that. And uh, we hit a point where he was doing good, made about 1,200 members in the membership. And we were hit a, a plateau with growth and it just stopped. And I, I found myself just scratching my head, just going, to my client and saying, hey, what's what's going on? What have you heard from people? Are you hearing anything? And he looked at me like, I don't have to talk to people anymore. Your stuff is automated, right? You automated my life. You've achieved the, the dream, right? I have passive income, quote unquote, and uh, except it stopped growing. And, and when we stopped and kind of got some feedback from the community, it was the kind of feedback that hurts. We, we got the words that, hey, your guys' marketing is really sleazy. I feel like you're a used car salesman. And it was just the kind of gut-wrenching, like, knife to the heart. Like, totally disaligned with who I was as mm. a relationship first, right? Leadership development background. Ten years of, right, getting nonprofit donations is all about relationships. It's all about building that bridge of being a part of something bigger. And I left it for the addiction of automation and, you know, right by. And, and in the fun of funnels caught the wind of me and and took away that alignment and in that space I discovered never again will I become the automated asshole <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, I love that term because in reflection it's just like yeah automation can be taken too far because if you automate away the relationship you become just another bro marketer and not a personal brand right you and I have this passion for personal brands and, and there's this funny word about personal brands it has this word personal in it and, and people like to say business isn't personal well it's super personal for me everything I do I take personally 
because it matters. It, it's, it's much deeper. It's, it's in the wells of my being to see that transformation. And kind of when I pieced together what went wrong with that misalignment and began to pivot, I discovered I can use marketing and automation to get into conversations in context. And, and then it becomes a conversation that matters because somebody's coming to me or my client with that desire to belong to part of that movement, to step into a deeper belief. And, and that sense of momentum, you know, it really precedes the marketing because it's, it's coming in with that sense of movement. And so that's kind of how I fell into this. And then I created what I call the listen framework off the back of that kind of going never again, how can I take hook, hack, and all these crazy like bro marketing terms, which tactically are sound, but in terms of who we are as a person, right? You hear, ah, oh, marketing, right? Uh, can we can we apply all the same strategies and truly listen, right? Create empathy online, create conversations that are meaningful and have purpose. And instead of scaling a business, what if we multiply that movement by giving people a sense of purpose and a plan for a business? Uh, and that, so that's sort of the tail end. Uh, and by creating that sense of empathy, this sense of listening, we kind of project on our own marketing and in everything we're doing through a lens of relationship first. Hey, I'm not going to sell you because I want to make money. I'm going to sell you because it empowers you to move forward. Uh, and I always like to say, by choosing to market your movement, you're, you're leveraging the most powerful way to market and monetize your personal brand. So movement first is kind of where I found myself after becoming the automated asshole uh, and then discovering the listen framework sort of as a, not even so right? It, it tactically applies, but big philosophy, right? From, from kind of the, the story brand ideology of like philosophy first, then apply strategy. And there's a swath of tactics that we can use to listen to our audience, but taking people through that, that customer journey in a relational way. So it's, I, I really, I like the idea and this is a question that's been sort of bubbling around in the back of my mind for a long time, that the words marketing and philosophy, they don't often go hand in hand. And actually, it's fundamentally important because the philosophy of your marketing or the philosophy behind your marketing, why you're marketing, really colors everything that comes after it. It's really, really important. Yeah, there's lots of places I could go with that. But it, where I know I really want to go is the listen framework. There's so many rabbit holes we could have gone down. But the listen framework is something you spend a lot of time sort of putting together in order to try and codify your marketing philosophy. So could you maybe just sort of wander me through that a little, a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so we'll kind of say the listen framework tying the two together is is very much about codifying that sense of deeper philosophy because it presents a point of view when i say listen i can't go away and tell people hey go use these 10 hacks right because hacking and listening kind of have this juxtaposed positioning in terms of a resonance of a word uh, now hack in and of itself is kind of nebulous um, you know it's just a word a funnel is just another word but when we put listen in that point of view it stands out as a a, a, a way of marketing that is deeply relational and so the idea of walking through the listen framework is just making sure we build relationship in a normal relational way through digital marketing means and so the first two steps are introductory 
right? And you're getting those introductions kind of brought. You're, you're getting to know each other. You're getting to know the community. The second two steps are relational, right? The building the relationship. And of course, the, the last two are communal and proximity. So people are getting close to you, but also getting into the community. Uh, so what we're going for is, of course, to get out and locate your audience. And each one of these is verb driven to be action oriented, right? So we want to go locate the audience. The thing about locating your audience from that sense of L is you got to go find them where they are, right? They're not coming looking for you unless if you're Tony Robbins. But, you know, that's because you've built the movement and it becomes circular. But you're going to spend time going and finding places to interject yourself and get to know people, leaving comments on the internet, posting, right? Having a podcast just like this, right? People, I'm now locating people on Bob Gentle's podcast, getting to know them and some will resonate with my message and some won't. So when you locate your audience, of course, you want to then come around and give them an invitation to get to know you more. And just by framing, right, we're not getting them to opt in. We're not trying to hook them. We're not trying to add them to our list, right? And so it's the same activity, but it's framed from a philosophy of, hey, we all want to be invited, right? Invitation is a sense of belonging. It's like, yeah, I want to belong to that tribe. I, I want to be invited to the party. And when I come in with an invitation, I don't feel like I'm going to get sold to even though I may buy something, right? That sense of, ah, you're going to sell me is suddenly positioned away and I feel safe. I feel safe in communication. And of course, that invitation is often a step of collecting an email, right? The, the, what do you do when you're going to go out and meet girls? This is my old life, right? Well, we go out and it, instead of emails, we get girls' phone numbers. Um, <laughs> just kind of a little play. But of course, then once you have that, I can say, hey, let's go out for coffee, Right, and, right. You take relationships at at small, nuanced steps. Right, you're you're not gonna, you know, have one night stands unless if you're a bro marketer, <laughs> and uh, and that invitation leads to the survey. Uh, survey is the S, and and we're not talking long form surveys, but we're talking the sense of survey. The word means kind of get to know you. Right, you you go as a a contractor on the land, if you were surveying land, right, you're, you're getting to know the landscape. So you want to get to yeah. understand people, you want to understand the nuance of, hey, I'm a personal brand. And I have patience, right? If you're a chiropractor, and I work with some chiropractors who are like, I don't want to be an office anymore. I want to be a personal brand. I want to stand out as doctor so and so I want to be known as a doctor, so I can help people whether well, transitioning from patients to kind of health coaching. And now that you know, that that nuanced word of patient versus client versus customer, when you're marketing, can can really have a profound impact of Oh, he, he understands my market. If I don't use that word patient with doctors, they suddenly feel like Oh, he's not the right guy for me. He can't help me. He doesn't work with people reaching patients. He works with people reaching customers. So it's just those nuances. Uh, and when you can learn that about your your prospects and people on your list and as you're building and then surveying, you can put that in your CRM system through automation and just make nuanced changes to 
email your list, reach out to just specific people about their specific problems just by having that sense of knowledge and understanding about where they're at. And from survey, you wanna teach. Uh, and so this is a great place to demonstrate your expertise. People wanna know you know what you're talking about before they buy from you, right? And sometimes teaching can be quick. We've experienced the five minute teaching. We've spent, experienced the never ending product launch formula, video after video <laughs> after video, or even summits where there's tons of teaching, right? It, it all applies. And the reason we're doing that is when people teach and present there's this sense of chemistry that's happening. I get how he's communicating. I get how she's demonstrating. That makes sense to me. I wanna get closer to them because they can teach me how to get over this issue, right? You're creating a sense of belief when you're teaching. And alongside that teaching, you're of course, in the T behind the T is sharing testimonies. Uh, and I come from a charismatic Christian background, so you know you, you got to give it. There is power in the testimony, and you, you say it as uh, southern as possible. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's just truth to that, though, because I sat in those meetings with a preacher, right, going in, hey, let's hear a testimony, and all of a sudden, if he cues that in, and, and I have uh, hearing issues, so as soon as uh, a pastor or a preacher in that circle would say, I, I'm, I have a story about ears and somebody receiving their hearing. And, and no matter what you believe, you know my ears, or my hearing aid in this instance, perks up. Oh, he's speaking to me. Because right, he, he talked to that specific problem, almost as if he surveyed and got me on his list. It didn't quite fit the, that, but that, that sense of testimony makes me want to come in and say, yeah, I'll, I'll receive from you, whatever you're going to do. You're going to pray, you're going to pour oil over my head, right? That's a religious scenario, but the same sense of belief and belonging and wanting to get close to you because you've spoken my language, you've taught in a way that drew me in, you're now set to be empowered for the purchase. And this was probably the most transformative piece that I came across because, right, I came, I became the automated asshole because I did the thing I, I hated. I made sales sleazy and, and back in the nonprofit world, right? Marketing was almost a bad word. We're like, oh, we can't do marketing because people don't want to be marketed. We all don't like marketing because our picture of marketing is, oh, they're gonna they're gonna get me, we're gonna spit shake, they're gonna kind of cue me up, and they're gonna make me believe something, but it's not true, and it kind of has this scammy sense to it. But when you approach marketing, of course, this way, and this is kind of where I came full circle, I realized when you're choosing to lead somebody and influence them towards change, you're empowering them to make transformation. Because when we commit our money and our hard-earned time to you saying, I believe you can help me achieve this transformation, really what you're saying is, I finally believe that I can do this and I'm willing to give money. And so the most likely outcome, not always, but the most likely outcome is I'm now going to follow through on that purchase and do anything you tell me to do so I can achieve this desired outcome you've sold me on. You've caught me to believe that I can belong and become who you're telling me I can become. And so that empowering purchase and, and the event that really drew that in uh, is in the leadership development space. We used to go to Nepal and do these leadership camps 
uh, and we'd spend four or five days with them, right? This is, you know, communication. This is how you can lead and all these games. And we did a version for free. Hey, come, right, belong. People come, they kind of take it in. They'd come one day and not the next. They would do their homework. They wouldn't do their homework, right? It was kind of a mishmash of, of success. We charged just $10 the next time we did it. All of them showed up every time. They all did the work. They all participated. That $10, which, you know, in our minds, we're like, it's $10. It's not. But for them, it was a hard-earned $10. But the deeper seed was they now had hard-earned money, hard-earned purchase power bought in that empowered them to participate the whole way through. And that's where I really came to believe, right? When you're selling transformation, when you're selling becoming a part of a movement and getting that proximity, you're going to empower people to move forward in their lives. And then of course, beyond that, they make the purchase. Something I feel that often gets neglected because we get caught up in the, the we well, gotta sell, gotta sell, gotta sell. We also gotta nurture those people who just purchase towards their success, right? So the end in listen is to nurture, right? When we think of, of building empathy and connection and really building a community of brand ambassadors, and that's the brilliance of a movement, is, is when these people's success is nurtured and they, they move towards that desired end, they become your best referrals. But beyond that, if you said, hey, I've got a certification program uh, and I want to help you share what you've been through, you're going to have people who jump in on that. And that's where you multiply your movement is you get people bought in and you give them the chance to build a business of their own. And that's the difference between scaling and multiplying a movement, right? You can scale a business or you can multiply a, a movement. In the end, you still make a lot of money, so it's a form of scaling. But I think that's where I get really excited because something that multiplies can have a lifetime of, in the case of right, my charismatic church background, that has a lifetime of 2,000 years thus far. That's a long lifespan of a movement. A business, it comes and it goes, and you know nobody's going to be, oh man, that movement, or sorry, that business. But a movement has a history, and that's what's so cool about listening and building that and creating that empathy and then giving the people who came through your transformation worked through their mess and now they have a mission on the backside of that mess i really like that i think anybody that was properly paying attention will have followed the listen framework through there and anybody that wasn't paying attention why are you listening to this podcast no seriously but all of this is on your website and i would encourage anybody to go and have a look at the listen framework on your website because what you painted there is a really actually very articulate and clear picture of what's working actually for some of the best online business owners, people who are building movements. And sometimes those movements are sort of very, what I would call soft movements. But at other times, they're very, very focused on helping people with business skills and a whole spectrum of movements in between. And what I like about movements over simply defining something as a business is movements have momentum in and of themselves they they have a gravity well that draws opportunity to its center and the thing with momentum is it's already moving as the business owner your job is simply to serve and then the momentum will continue and what you describe is a really really articulate way of understanding that 
So I would encourage anybody to go and spend some time. If you want to be a business that builds a movement rather than just chase the next dollar, if you want a business that's going to deliver a legacy and not just sort of the quick hit, I think that's a really nice way of navigating it would be the best word. Within that, you touched on a couple of things, a couple of places I would like to go, and you mentioned the chiropractor. And I think the chiropractor is a good example of a, a business that would contrast with your typical internet marketer. Let's put it that way. There, there are people who have been building their personal brands online for years, or they come from a digital marketing background. They can sort of pick up a map like your navig- your listen framework. They can understand it. They can see where they're going with it, and they just launch into it. And it's not quite second nature, but they have rapid access. Somebody like a chiropractor, he's from a different world. And I'm curious to know, particularly from the visibility side of things, because if you're going to build any kind of funnel, you need some traffic coming in the top. And a lot of people struggle right there, just at the very beginning with getting basic foundation level attention online. So how do you help people just with that first shot across the bows of taking the first steps into online visibility? Because frankly, this is where a lot of people fail to launch. Yeah, absolutely. It really can be a struggle and uh, locating an audience is is no small task. Uh, And of course, the one thing and and one reason I love working with chiropractors, whether you agree with the philosophy and what they believe or not, is they come with a potent personal belief, right? A point of view that is is unmistakably built on their personal story, their personal beliefs, and they come forward with values. But they are, and they're, they're in this service-based world, but they have this service and they, they want to literally give people movement back to their body. So it's also fun because I can make a lot of puns in this conversation. <laughs> um, but that sense of, of movement, often what they need to do to start locating their audience, right? They're caught up in, well, I got to find people locally, but they want to pivot from not just being locally. Okay, right. You know, I have 300 patients who come through my office every week. Okay, that's great. But I want to make a bigger impact. I want to help people get their health back, get their energy back, get their motivation back, bring their family back together and have mobility and movement, a sense of passion driving them forward in their lives and their their sense of health and, and what they can get from their health being strong is powerful. So they come with a potent message. So one of the first things that I find we need to do is tap into that potent message and their personal stories, right? I shared my never again story, right? I'm the automated asshole and here's how I left that behind. And they have to have that same sense of never again, or perhaps origin story is another term we've heard, right? Telling this this foundational, fundamental story. And what I love to do is pull on that story and get them to tell snippets and get them to, to share sound bites, right? Uh, we're scrolling at the speed of light through Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever it may be, looking for our passions, our connections, a quick entertainment. And you've got one minute at best that you can get somebody to stop. And that's if you get their attention. So if you locate them where they're at, scrolling their feed and give them a little something um, that really juices them up, uh, that can really be potent. And it's one way that I'm finding, at least with Facebook and Instagram, it is it's becoming a little bit pay to play, but video is working. Uh, and we often think, oh gosh, video, right? 
that's going to be so ornate. I got to create how many videos? And so what I've been doing with with chiropractors uh, and other experts, right, who are looking, going, okay, I'm, I'm local, I'm service based, but I really want to build a movement built on my personal brand is interview for an hour. One hour interview, you're going to say probably 20 amazing things that are one minute in length or even shorter. You can have somebody come in and log that and you have content, right? You're, you're creating repurposed content. And if that conversation is good enough and it's the same way as I can flip this podcast and go, hey, I said a lot of great things, but I, I could soundbite so many of these things to bring people from one platform into the podcast platform where that invitation will drop. Uh, and getting out there and, and locating your audience is a little bit about volume. And the other thing I'm finding with the algorithms is people want to engage and, and you'll be shown, shown to people who you're engaging with. You really have to get out and spend time leaving comments on the topics of interest, whether you're in a group or in your Facebook or in social media feed and, and leave comments. Now, of course, that can become a giant trap, but if you take 15 minutes a day to just, hey, I'm gonna go participate in the game, right? Locate people where they're at. It, it could be a Facebook group, it can be a LinkedIn group, it can be an Instagram hashtag. But if you can get into the conversation, people start to see your name. Then your posts, excuse me, posts, I can't say the word, posts. <laughs> start to matter, right? Because you're not going to see any engagement, any interest if you're not interesting and engaging with other people's content, right? We're all selfish. We want our content to get engagement and likes. Uh, and when I see your name on my content, now your content matters to me. So that's one of the first mm -hmm. things as a personal brand that we have to participate in. I'm not going to say it's easy because it is, that's, that doesn't scale. You can't, multiply yourself to go comment. It, it is a matter of dedicating time and truly dedicating yourself for the purpose of building relationships for the sake of relationships. And that's what a lot of this location work is all about, especially when it comes to creating that content and participating in the content game. One of the next levels up and that I love is podcasts, right? Here we are. Uh, we could have done this in video format as well and then had video and audio to share. Uh, but it's really easy to build an intimate group of people. And it's not going to be as large as, say, uh, you know, paying for ads and getting people on your list. And, and that plays its part. But when it comes for free, being on a podcast and then other people's podcasts and YouTube channels gives you a massive, massive interest to follow. Because people listen to you for 10, 20 minutes, even an hour, right? And, uh, and that sense of being in your ears. Now you have a, a more intimate conversation. People get to know the nuance of what I believe or what the chiropractor believes. And they start to get a sense of, I want to work with this guy. He, he understands. And I hear the stories. Oh, oh, thyroid, right? I had a thyroid is issue. Who did I choose when I had a thyroid issue? The doctor who was talking about their story about healing their thyroid in a natural way. And I went, this person gets it. They've lived through this nightmare that I'm having right now where my energy is death and they know how to heal the thyroid. And, uh, and that resonance, that listening drew me into them. So of course, I was like, hey, I'm, I gotta take action on this. And what did I do? Well, I took the invitation they dropped. I said, yeah, give me that resource. How to, how to heal my thyroid? Like, what do you suggest? And so it was very nuanced in that sense of conversation. 
because you know, think chiropractor, well, all these things, right? You can do this, we can do this, your, your neck, your headaches, your back. But we all, especially when we talk about health, have a specific thing going on. And so taking the time to have those specific conversations to draw people in. And that's why I say survey, because then a chiropractor who may have gotten your attention based on one thing, uh, and they might, hey, I really love this guy. I want to know what, what are your 10 steps to living a whole, healthy, natural life? And of course, you to drop stuff and then he might drop a survey and say, hey, what is giving you the most struggle and pain? Is it your energy? Is it your motivation? Right. A few different things. Uh, and then of course, you know, my button click uh, would be energy. Well, my energy struggle. Oh, well, here are 10 things you can do to begin increasing your energy. Oh, and here's a teaching I have with the three secrets of explosive energy, right? They pull me into that teaching. I'm interested because they took what I told them, mirrored it, said, I've got a teaching for that. Now that could sound inordinately huge, right? Oh my God, I'm a chiropractor. There's like 20 points. You can peck a few uh, because really it can come down into, I'm either in a bucket one, two, three, or four. And generally there's, there's two to four buckets that your, your audience that you're drawing in and where you can help lead them uh, and being able to give that sense of nuanced conversation. Uh, and of course, they're showing up as a personal brand. So that's a very specific way for a chiropractor, but it really applies across the board. I think you're absolutely right. I think what you identified there is teach, serve. That's how you'll start to show up in people's world. And when people see you teaching and serving and they have an audience, they want to bring you in to their audience to teach and serve. And I see that working for people all the time. It works for me. It works for you. It works for lots of people we know. But if you're not teaching, you're not serving and, and those opportunities won't come up and you won't build an audience. I think there's, there's another place that I obviously want to go with you because although you've been super mean about everything to do with automation, you're still the automation guy, but you're the automation with integrity guy. So we're going to speak about that in a minute. But somewhere I wanted to go next was when you start teaching, when you start showing up online. I think I something I experience a lot with my clients and it was actually an issue for me for a long time. And you probably have the same with your clients. You probably had the same in your world as well, but it's self-image. We all struggle with self-image online that we, we're not who we wish we were. I'm not 24 with lots of hair and great teeth. And it doesn't seem to matter who I'm speaking to. There's often a lot of resistance to going online because people want to be liked often for for reasons that are yeah completely bogus what experiences do you have around this yeah so so what's fun about me is is this issue i had to deal with a lot younger because of a birth syndrome i was born with and and uh i actually had a speech impairment because i was hard of hearing i'm 70 percent deaf unless i wear my baja cochlear unit uh, that's mounted into my head and uh that made speech as a young man rather difficult. And so one would never guess that I'd have the confidence to jump on a podcast, be on video. Uh, I used to be extremely uncomfortable with it because, right, this this history was, oh, I mumble a lot. I, I stumble through my words. I'm not articulate. And this fear of articulation and, and, and self-image is still a struggle. Sometimes ah, I wasn't articulate enough. 
And what I had to do and deal with as a young man was, hey, if I want to be heard, I need to speak clearly. And, and I can still hear my dad's voice in the back of my head. Enunciate your words, pronounce your yeah. message. And, and that lesson as a young man really benefited me in my self-image and getting beyond myself. Like, I know you're scared, but you need to speak loud and clear. You need to give emotion. Um, so I dealt with that as a young teenager and, and kind of got in this place of one, once I got over my fear, it was extremely elating, right? There was just this ecstasy jumping on stage in front of my youth group and, you know, having my five minute show. Uh, <laughs> and in one part, it was just terrifying, right? I, I born to speak now that I've kind of come to this place, but it, the skill and the fear didn't come overnight, right? I, I, I was always scared. I still am kind of scared, right? I have to do this deep meditation for, for a couple minutes before I jump on a podcast, before I jump on stage, right? I prepare myself. And then I've done the work of building the skill to enunciate my words and, and get through that self-image. And because I've done the work of working past and having the courage to overcome that fear and overcome the fact that, yeah, I'm a little hard of hearing and I'm a little bit mumbly, especially when I'm tired or have had a few too many. Um, but I suppose any of us can, can have that problem with a few too many. Um, but <laughs> then it makes us less in, uninhibited. But uh, that getting through that is, is not a small task, but it is something I was blessed to have a father who was willing to do the hard work with me. Uh, essentially, he was a, a coach, right? He, he ended up being my best speech therapist because he would right, beat on it. He was always there. He'd beat that drum to make sure I could communicate well because in this world of personal branding, right, we are leaders. People look to us for leadership. Uh, leaders have to communicate and that communication has to create clarity of direction. Uh, and so part of it is, you kind of got to get over yourself and be more driven by serving as an introvert. I, I, right. I may love the stage, but I don't necessarily love being in a giant crowd. Uh, and so I, I get over that by choosing my passion and my mission first. Hey, I have to get this out there. I want to serve people. And it does something to me that, that is beyond myself when I contribute and I'll deal with the struggle of loud environments. I'll deal with the struggle of feeling slightly uncomfortable in a large crowd because I know I can draw that transformation out. I don't know if that answered your question well, but that's kind of where my mind went. Well, I mean, I, I know you a little bit and I, I know about the, the hearing aids and, and your issues growing up. And I didn't want to put you on the spot with that. So you could quite easily have shone the light on somebody else, but I'm glad you, you sort of made it personal because I think it's important for everyone to realize that it's difficult if you want to start showing up online for a lot of people you're going to have to get over some personal issues and i think this space is as much about you growing as your business growing your business will only grow when you grow when you get over yourself the world shows up to meet you the world rewards you and it's to bring it back to russell brunson who you mentioned a couple of times there's lots of reasons not to like russell brunson there's lots of reasons to like Russell Brunson. And one of the things I really love that he said was one third of people are not going to like you. They're just not. One third of people won't care. 
people. One third of people are there waiting for you. They're going to love you. And those are the people you really need to show up for. But so many people worry about the two thirds that are not for them, that they never meet the third that is. And the bigger you build your audience, the bigger you build your movement, the bigger that third grows. And you prove that. Lots of people prove that. If you show up, the world shows up to meet you. Yeah, that's so very true. And, and I love that idea, right, of a third, right? You're there for those people. And, and that is something I had to learn to do early, right? Well, people are going to say mean things because I look a little different. I, you know, I used to talk a little funny. Now I've gotten through that. And uh, by nurturing that third who do love you and really choosing to be in relationship and focus that energy there, and and that third will grow and grow and grow the more you learn to just show up for them and they get excited yeah. and, and they get excited when they hear your stories and, and when you right i choose to share something personal because well it's personal right this whole thing is about being personal and revealing it and and it, it can be a little hard to let go of the sense of privacy uh but at the same time when you let people in on your life they'll let you in their life and you can experience much deeper relationship and transformation together. And I think that's an important thing for people to hear because for a lot of people, especially in business, if you're if you're coming from an old school business world, that's really quite alien. And it's hard to forget, hard to remember that, that a lot of people, if they're coming from a corporate environment, are quite used to their personal privacy. They don't have to share anything about themselves. They don't have to teach. They just have to show up and do their job. So a lot of the things we're speaking about for you and I, it may seem second nature, but for so many people, they're really, really not. So I would like to talk just a little bit automation. And sort of we've spoken a little bit about being the, the asshole automation guy. And nobody wants that. Nobody likes that. No, it. nobody wants to be that. But, but I would be curious to know from your perspective, you know, when you have a new client comes along, you have your onboarding process, you know, you're going to have to do your ABC. What does your ABC of automation look like for a new client in order that the foundational stuff's going to be there. It's going to be done authentically with integrity. It's not going to be sleazy. How do you how do you road that map that for a client? Yeah, yeah. So so one of the first rules of thumb in all of this, right, is use automation to manage your administration and help you get into conversations and skip the small talk. So when it comes to you know I make that empowering purchase and somebody says yes and I've used a handful of automation to get there. I'm still going to leverage automation, say, hey, uh, you, you're going to experience thanks for purchasing. And I'm going to give it a little personal flair, you know, tell a little story. Hey, you know, other clients who started here often, you know, feel a little sense of fear, right? There, there's this like, is this going to work? But you stepped in and staked that you believe in moving forward. Uh, let's jump on a call, right? And one of the first things I want to do is make sure I understand what's coming from within and what your message is. And so I, I call it a VIP process because I want to spend time getting to know what breaks your heart, what pisses you off and what you're committed to cause. Like in, in the core of it, I want to know these things. But I can use automation and, and answer some questions. Right? How big is your list? What email software are you using? And I use a type form to, to kind of weave my way through there. And type form is a great tool because it has logic. So I can say, okay, if they say yes to this, ask this question. If they say no, ask this question. And I can move around to keep that automation in alignment. But, but that A is automation is for administration first. What, what can you 
do away with its administrative right. It's a repetitive task uh, and not an automated conversation. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of where I start. And then from there, I want to make sure I'm using my automations right. One of the first things you're going to experience in terms of automation is still the normal automation. You're going to go say, yes, I want Dwayne's Listen framework. Yes, I'm going to, I'm going to pop up and I'm going to give him my email and my name and say, yeah, so I'm, I'm here. I'm all in. I want to market my movement and I want to take this Listen framework post it on my wall and practice all marketing to build empathy. Well, what am I going to do? You're going to get an email from me right away that's automated, right? But one of those first emails says, hey, I want to know what you're all about. Reply to me and tell me what is you, your movement about? What are you committed to cause? Well, now we can start a conversation. And that reply is up to the person who took it. But I'm asking. One of the other things I do right away it she'll notice is I have a little video of me saying, hey, I'm so excited you're here, but I, I want to know where are you at in this game? And they can send an audio, a text, or a video back to me right away. And I'm going to pick up my phone, you know, get a little notification, and we can have a little video conversation right there. So I'm using automation to create a conversation in context that that automation gave me, right? So if you take the listen framework and then tell me one thing, hey, I'm just getting started with my business. Now I know just enough to give some good advice, to have that conversation and just skip the weather. Although the weather is fun, I actually really like weather <laughs> conversations. Um, but let's skip the weather and, and really talk about something you can do today to get success because that automation will continue in those emails and say, hey, book a call, right? And I'm pushing people because I want to have conversations. I want to do things that don't scale. So I have a, a relationship with you because even if you continue to come into my biosphere, you'll remember Dwayne, he took the time to get to know me. And I haven't been able to take action on this for two years, but but now I've grown. Now, now I want Dwayne's help. Uh, and, and that relational touch will keep somebody from unsubscribing from you later, right? I don't want to unsubscribe. I'm part of his, I belong here. This is, this is something I want uh, whenever it comes. And, and just being able to keep somebody on your list and excited to be on your list. Hey, Dwayne dropped a new podcast. Uh, Bob's telling me about this, right? Uh, there's, and they know he'll reply to his emails if I, if I send something. If he'll get on Instagram and, and if I send him a direct message, he's actually there. And that sense of actually being a human at the other end who's going to answer a question with honesty and integrity and an excitement to be there for them makes a world of a difference, right? We really feel that sense of care when a leader chooses to show up and care. See, what I love about all that is it's, it's not technical. It really, most of what you described is a little bit of technical stuff there, but nothing that anybody couldn't learn in 15, 20 minutes on YouTube or simply following, yep. fo following the how to's for type form or, whichever email platform floats your boat but it's really about a little bit of creativity and being thoughtfulness and what i what sprang to mind as you described that was if if you're invited to a party and you show up at the front door and somebody opens the door and there's nobody there to greet you and you just walk in nobody introduces you to anyone you just well do i take a drink does somebody give me a drink there's there's no hosting there's no there's no welcome there's no greeting there's no warmth there's no embrace and what you're describing is really the welcoming of somebody into your ecosystem 
and being quite overtly friendly and building your systems in such a way to demonstrate that you value and welcome them and that the door is always open and it's yeah it's not hard but it's again it comes right back to where we started it's your marketing philosophy if your marketing philosophy is don't trouble me unless you've brought your credit card then that's fine you go that direction if your marketing philosophy is you really matter to me i want to help you as much as i possibly can and have systems in place to try and make that as efficient as possible but if you need me just reach out and here's all the ways you can do it and here's how i'm proving to you that you can do that that will make me feel very differently about whoever it is that's greeting me in that way so i think you put it really really nicely thank you yeah um, that's, i've learned a, that's huge I, i've learned a lot from this yeah oh that's encouraging Dwayne, i'm looking at the time and i'm thinking we should probably bring things to a close quite soon so i would like to ask you the same question i've been really good at not forgetting probably for a year now so i'm going to stop talking about it being my new signal because it's not new anymore anybody that's bored of me saying and i'm going to ask my sig- i'm sorry i'm just going to start asking so Dwayne, what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago you know i i wish i would have started a podcast five years ago and i know i was in a different world but uh you know had i started something in leadership development and begin building an audience who resonated with me and telling my stories and letting go, you know, of the sense of like, no, but that's private, right? People don't need to know about my syndrome. People don't need to know about my struggles for hearing or my struggles for speech. People don't need to know about my fear of my children. But actually, having started a podcast has given me a medium to talk myself through all sorts of things. I mean, it is as much about reaching people and having vulnerable stories is also self um, therapy, right? I'm, I'm talking myself through things and I'm a talker. If you can't tell, I, I can't write. I, I tried <laughs> well, we journaling <laughs> myself, but, but it is, it's my journal. And I, I really, really wish I would have said, hey, you know, one person or 10,000 people who want to listen to this, uh, just being able to podcast uh, has really done me a huge amount of favors. And of course, had I started five years ago, <laughs> you know, the amount of podcasts that were out there then versus now, I probably would have had a little more of a shot at getting a larger crowd. And it would have been a completely different podcast, right? I didn't know marketing five years ago. It would have been all around traveling and leadership development. But that would have given me an audience who some may have followed me all the way through this journey. And uh I think I would have had a body of work that would probably have given me access to uh, people I've wanted access to that it took me till this year to get access to um, that, you know, five years ago, I, I would have been able to do three years ago when I, I found myself in this like, oh, what, you know, here's digital marketing. So I, I would say do that. And, and whether it be a podcast or a blog or YouTube or something, right, get comfortable with sharing your voice through whatever medium it is. It really is getting over that fear because I was terrified of it, right? Uh, getting over that fear and just doing it and committing. Like it was come hell or high water, this podcast is going out. If it's five minutes or one hour, if it's a terrible rant that nobody wants to listen to or just a quick update or a really incredible interview, you're going to hear from me. Uh, and that commitment to the podcast is really brought a commitment to building my personal brand and brought a passion forth that I didn't even know I had. I think that's a fantastic answer. And there are a few people who I'm trying to persuade to get rolling with the podcast right now. 
that I hope are listening so that it's not just me telling them this every single week. Dwayne Zingali, you have been an awesome guest. You've shared very openly and I'm really, really grateful. And if people want to connect with you, if they want to go further with you, if they want to find out more about the Listen Framework, how can they do that? Yeah, so so first, of course, one of the best things a podcaster can do is say, hey, I've got a podcast. Um, so you can keep this conversation going over at the Marketing Your Movement show. Um, and I have marketingyourmovement.com. You'll find it. Um, and then, of course, if you want to go deeper into relationship and, and experience some of the automations and experience getting into a conversation, you can go get the Listen Framework uh, and never how to forget how to keep your marketing leadership movement driven. Uh, it's DwayneZingali.com slash listen. Uh, and I know you, you'll, you'll put that in the show notes for people. Uh, and because yeah. uh, my, my last name is, is hard to spell. And uh, yeah. That's the best way. And then, of course, if you want to email me, I'm at hello at DwayneZingali.com. I love email conversations because then I don't get stuck in scrolling Facebook <laughs> as I start <laughs> your conversation. You know, I'm there. I'm, I'm dedicated to that email. Uh, and so you can always email me any questions. I'm super excited to have conversations because I'm here to serve. Well, I often tell my podcast guests, podcasts are not, you're, you're not married to this podcast. You don't have to be monogamous. And I'm very happy if you go and listen to other podcasts. So go and check out Dwayne's podcast. It's really, really good. I think if you enjoy this, you will enjoy that. And you can only listen to my podcast for up to an hour a week. There's a lot more time available. So go and check out Dwayne's podcast. Dwayne, you have been an awesome guest. Thank you so much for your time. Hopefully I will get over to sunny California sometime soon and I will meet you in person. But until then, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me, Bob. This has been a blast. There are all kinds of movements. There are small movements. There are big movements. There's a movement for me and there's a movement for you. If you want to build a movement, the first thing you have to do is start reaching people, start having an impact. So get started. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe and to join our Facebook group. You'll find a link for both of those in the show notes. I would love for you to connect with me, but more importantly, I would love your questions. So if you have questions, head over to any of the podcast pages on the website. Hit the little button on the right-hand side that says send me a voice message and I will listen to your question and I'd really like to start bringing some of those questions onto the show. So if you enjoyed the show, review it on iTunes. You can never go wrong with that. Five stars are my favorite number. My name is Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Dwayne for giving us his time this week and to you for listening. And see you next week. Music